Thank you. Appreciate you guys. There is two distinct people there, Josh and Logan. But I just love, I'm excited about this resource. So this is going to be so fun to do something with our senses. Sometimes we, we forget that God has wired us with the, all these senses that we can use and experiencing him. And so we're experiencing the senses of heat today, right? And we're here, but you're, you guys are smart. Come to the first service. Way to go. So hopefully we get a breeze going. If some people got fans, you can wave your program, whatever works to keep you, keep you cool today. But I, my name is Dan. I serve as the pastor here and with our team. And so grateful to have you here in person. If you're online, wherever you are, I hope you're staying cool. Uh, what you're doing, uh, we are in really wrapping up a series that we've been doing for the month of June called Reunion. And you might be, you know, typically in a summer experience, there's reunions that happen, there's class reunions, there's family reunions, you get together. And, and, and it's really great. In fact, today it was just great to have Shane and his wife. Some of you go, going, he's married? How did that happen? A lot happened in a pandemic, okay? Well, this is a lot took place. And so we have the married Shane, and the married Shane is, he's just a little calmer. It's interesting. <laughs> Not that we're losing the energy of Shane, but he's like, you know, I like that about it. We, but, well, you know, some of us remember Shane. Some of us, I've known Shane ever since I've been a part of this church 12 years. He was a middle schooler now, so it's really fun. Great reunion to have them. He, they would love to connect with you afterwards and catch up with you. And just, I'm hoping they'll be around, come back this summer. How many would like Shane to come back and Abby come back this summer? Okay, so they're, they're making a tour and things, so we're hoping to get them back here another couple times even uh, with us as they're in Washington State. So it's wonderful to have a reunion. Next week's going to be a reunion with our, our friends. Uh, we planted a church a few year ago, years ago, CTK Blaine, and a, a, car, a group of people went there, and we missed them, and so we get to be with them next week. So I hope, I hope you can be a part of that and, and just unite together in as one church. If they're ever in a, you know, in a divided nation that we live in, divided times, man, coming together as one is so important. So as we continue the series, well, wrapping up today, really this reunion series, we are finding, and even you're coming back, it's been, been fun seeing some of you back in your faces now, and, and, and it's, it's a reunion. But we don't just come together for unity for unity's sake. There's a purpose, that's what we want to talk about this morning because you understand purpose in anything that you're doing, right? The stuff that you're involved with, the activities, you, you know, your, yourself or your kids maybe did, did activities. I, I remember, you know, friends that were in drama in high school. Some of you were in a play. And so I want you to picture something you were part of or you're involved with. And it, it, has, it has to have purpose to that. Now, some people, they, they come together in a play and they work really hard and they, they learn all their lines and they're spending many, many hours working on rehearsal. And at some point, that drama team needs to know, and they ask their director, when is going to be the performance? Now, if the drama director goes, oh, we're going to, one day we'll perform this in front of people, but we're just coming together and learning this and doing this. People, there's going to be a little disillusionment, isn't there, to do that, all, all the work you're putting into it. Maybe, maybe a, you can picture a, a, a dance team or a ballet, and they're working really hard, and, 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 and they're practicing, and it's one and two and one, and they're going through, and they're pillowettes and all that. And I know some of that vernacular because my daughter, I, I'm a dad of a ballerina, okay, I remember that. And, and if, if they told the, it was typically girls in the class, if they told the ladies in the class, you, you know, we're, we're, you're doing well, but until you perfect it, 
we're not going to have a recital. Well, those, those girls are going to be very, very disappointed because nobody gets it right and perfect, even in, even in ballet. You've been a part of sports teams, right? You, you, if you, some of you guys have played football, you know, heat like this, two a days, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, you know, working really hard. And then at one point, the coach is going, or people are going to the coach, coach, when are we going to play a game? Games? We're not playing any games. What? They're not going to stick on that team too well. You, you've been in a, in a job and you're working really hard on a project. And if there's, no, there's not a client, there's not a customer, what's the point? And I want to encourage us here as the body of Christ, as we come together in this heat box this morning, as we're here united together. We, I love our banner. It says encouraging heart and united love. We hope that you feel that here. We hope that you're, if you're brand new, that that you need to know that I, 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 if, even if I wasn't the pastor, I'd come to this church. It's a great church, by the way. It's a great church. Great people. We come together and worship the Lord. We come together and, and support each other, encourage each other. That's great. But if that's all we do, if all we do is just have a holy huddle, we're really kind of missing the greater purpose. We're not unifying for unifying sake, unity for unity's sake. We're here for a purpose, and that's what we want to spend some time talking about very clear this morning. Christ the King, we, we love to be together, right? But you need to know, as being together, as much as it's wonderful, there's a, great, there's a greater purpose to that. And, it's a, and we're part of a great organization. Think about this. We're, we're part of the greatest organization in, on the earth, the church. Why? Because we, we have the greatest leader that ever lived, that sacrificed so much. We have the greatest mission. In fact, the Bible is described at this mission, this great mission called the co-mission, the great commission. Jesus, before he's leaving earth, he gave final instructions, and he actually gave a game plan. Hey, guys, guys, you've been practicing for about three and a half years. Guess what? We're going we're gonna to play a game now. I'm not going to be on the field. I'm leaving. I'm instructing you. Here's your game plan. He says this. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and earth. What that was saying is back in the day when, when you needed the authority from someone official, even, even traveling, you, had, you couldn't move from one province to another because the Roman Empire was pretty strong. You needed a letter of permission. And that seal, that seal of approval, that was a signal, like a signature. You needed that to say, no, I've got proof that I can go here because I've been authorized. That's what Jesus is saying. He goes, listen, I, I, what, I, what I'm going to do on the cross, or what I did on the cross, he said, and what I've done and, and proved myself in the resurrection, I'm going to go, but I'm calling you as I go that you would go. He says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And he says this, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus made it very clear that the great commission, the gospel to spread the good news, to not only be a disciple, but to be a disciple, or to, to go and make disciples. And I love the fact that he says you're not going to do it alone. It's a co-mission, meaning this. It's like us together doing it. But he says, I am going to be with you always. And what he means is this very spirit that would be with us 
to join him together in this commission he's called us to. And you, and you read through what happened with the at 12, it turned into 120, and then it turned into thousands. And these believers, it, it's called the Acts, book of Acts, it's called the, the Acts of the Apostles. You notice it doesn't say the belief of the apostles. But the Acts really were the miraculous acts of the Holy Spirit working through them for the one mission. And I want to sum up this morning, this is kind of our last you know, reunion reality for this series is this is that we are to be one, right? What are we, why are we to be one? We are to be one so others will be one. We are to be one so others will be one. And I'm going to unpack it this way, what this means and what, this, what we're going to talk about this morning. And, and I always want to kind of, I always want to make my message memorable, okay? Because it's one ear out the other sometimes when we're learning. So I'm hoping the next time you see or have to grab a roll of this in your garage that you'll remember what we'll be talking about this morning. Next to the espresso machine, this is one of my favorite inventions. Right there. Duct tape is used on so much, and especially for us who are mechanically declined. Okay? Anybody there? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm with you. I have used duct tape on multiple things. I have, I have fixed my car fender with duct tape. Okay? I have... Fix my car upholstery with duct tape. Do not recommend that in 100 degree weather, by the way. I've used duct tape to, to mend my pants, okay? I have used duct tape for so many other things in so many different colors. In fact, if you look closely around this building, there's duct tape. There's white duct tape in places that it's the poor man's version of trimming out your building, okay? Duct tape is really great invention. But with duct tape, to be, in fact, I, I'm trying to think about it. With duct tape, I've never used, I've never used, I've never done duct work with duct tape. Have you noticed that? Have you ever anybody done that? But duct tape was so awesome is because it, it sticks. That's the purpose. But the problem is when it's not sticky any longer, it's not very useful. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a waste. We, we need it to be sticky. And, 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 I, and the bond is so important when it comes to oneness or whatever it is. And so I would say this in, in our lives and specifically in our relationships, that, that life is kind of like the duct tape. It's this adhesive that we have. And you're kind of like, where am I going with this? I want to go back to what, what scripture says in the beginning that, that God created us as pride creation. He, he called us to be one. He says that man, and, uh, and man will leave his father and mother and then united to his wife and they become one flesh. Today, this afternoon at four o'clock, whatever, I don't know what temperature will be at four o'clock today, but I will be doing a wedding outside. Okay. And so uh, it, I, don't, I don't think there'll be air conditioning outside, but why we're doing it, why we'll be sweating our, our uh, what would you say, our bodies, so much sweat will be happening, why we're in formal wear, which I'm looking forward to that, it's, it's this reason. It's the purpose of oneness that, that, that man and, 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 and woman are coming together in holy matrimony and that there's a sacredness to that. There's a holiness to that. There's a oneness that's being formed in a covenant with God. In fact, this word one in Hebrew, where it says one flesh, means singular or solely bonded together. Sounds like duct tape to me. Shortly, though, in the story of the narrative of Genesis, we know that, that, that sin, when man sinned, 
Guess what? They lost their stickiness. When man sinned, there was a separation, that bond that was formed, that oneness was broken. Not only oneness between themselves, but oneness between them and God. And I just say this, it, that sin causes us to lose our stickiness in relationships, in our relationships with one another, in relationships with God. And, and we know this in the obvious sense of things is because, you know, you know if you're in a, in a romantic relationship, if, if, if you're choose to betray your vows, say in a, in a marriage relationship and, and have sexual immorality or adultery with someone else, that, that's, that's breaking a bond. That's a severe bond and it's hard, even though it takes a lifetime for that sticky relationship to, to come back together. But I tell you, and there's a lot of things that can happen in our lives that we can lose our stickiness and connection because you think about it, anytime that you have other loves, you know, any place you go, any, any, wherever you go, whatever you love, guess what? Over time, you're, you're, you're losing your stickiness and you're actually, you can pollute your life along the lines. And that's what sin does. It, it pollutes us and, it, and we lose the bonds that we have one another and when we even sin against each other. But I would say this as well, as, as well as we wander around and we lose our stickiness, our affluency also can affect that. I want to challenge us with that many times we have so many options and opportunities that we bounce around all the time and from, from different things that we're doing, from, from job to job, to house to house, to new car to new car, to, to whatever we want next and whatever we're doing. And I've even seen it from church to church to church. And pretty soon we lose the bond, we lose the stickiness along the lines because we're not really committing anywhere to anybody or anything. And I think, you know, none of us predicted the pandemic. None of us really knew the effects of it, but, but there's been a longing, hasn't there? There's a longing of bonding and coming together, and reuniting together, but we've got to evaluate is, is, is in my life, in everything that I do in it, am I, am I being really effective? Am I actually maybe, maybe finding myself? Because I think what happens is when, when those that maybe entered in, you know, promiscuity, and people that, that live that way, what I find is I talk to people that live that way, they, it sounds fun at first, like it's a recreational sport, but pretty soon along the lines, what happens is they, the, the, the bond is lost of what it really means. The two become one, one flesh is dirtied and it's, it's the shame that comes upon it. And, they, and it's difficult to have bond and genuine relationships with people. And I want to encourage you, and, and this isn't what's going to be the message about. It's about unity. But if you're in that place of shame, I want you to know God wants to restore that stickiness of a relationship with him and relationship with one another and marriage relationships and close friendships, whatever it is. He wants it. He believes in oneness so much. And that's what Jesus came. Jesus came to restore that oneness with with God and with one another so much that ultimately was the very goal of him on the cross. You know, it's just a few hours before he would be arrested and crucified the next day that Jesus spoke of this oneness that I want to look at here this morning. And it's tied critically to the mission that he gave his disciples. He knew that in order for others to be one to the message of Christ, that there needed to be unity. There needed to be a bond to, to come together. And so what's detailed is a prayer that Jesus prays. A lot of times we focus on what we call the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's a great prayer. And they, they people call it the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord Jesus is teaching us to pray that for us. It's kind of our prayer to pray to God. He's modeling to us. But have you ever thought about this? If you look at this prayer that Jesus prays, 
It's, a, it's called the Last Supper Discourse from John 13 to 17. We're going to look at 17 in a moment. But this is called this Last Supper where Jesus spent a significant amount of time with his closest followers before he was going to be arrested. And so it was a big deal. If you're spending the last time with somebody, you know it's a very, very big deal. What they're saying, you want to hang on to every word. And I'm so grateful that John recorded those words for us. So I want you to picture them. These, these people... These, this, this team he's had has been practicing for three and a half years. They've been watching Jesus play the game. They've been seeing him, and sometimes he put them in a little bit in opportunities and, and some practice games. Now he's saying, you're, you're going to experience the real game. We're putting you in. This is really happening for you. But, so for that to happen, I need to tell you some things, and actually, I want to pray for you today. That moment, that evening, just hours before he was going to be Arrested, He prayed a powerful and passionate prayer in this prayer in John 17 that we're going to look at. But before this actual prayer he prayed for us, he actually prayed for himself. He prayed prayers that, that God would, the Father would glorify himself through him, that, that he would have the strength to finish the work of this oneness for, through the cross and resurrection. He prayed in this high priestly prayer, a prayer that... He would intercede not only for his closest disciples, he does that, but look what John records in his prayer. And here, his own disciples are hearing him pray. He says this. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, them being just the 12 that he's praying for, but he says this, I pray also those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. I think it's so significant to think about this that Jesus had in his forethought that prayer 2,000 years ago, he was thinking of you and I right here in this sweat box on Sunday morning, 2021. He knew, he knew, and, and, and it's a powerful, powerful prayer. And I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna express this prayer. And as we do, as I read this, and then we're gonna go back and look at parts of this prayer. I want you just to, just to listen to this prayer, this prayer that Jesus desires so much for us to be the answer to. He prays this, Father, just as you are in me, I am in you. May they also be in us so the world may believe you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me me. I want to challenge us again. This prayer that Jesus prayed 2,000 years ago, he prays for us this morning, desires. The Bible says he intercedes on the right hand of God on our behalf. He's praying even today for us to be one. And I want to challenge us today to be the answer to that prayer in a way that maybe we've never 
experienced before. Can I tell you, my heart longs for the church to be one. As Jesus prayed that prayer, my heart is to see that we've lived in such a broken time, a divided time. People are doing, and they've got their beliefs, and they're over here, and they're just, and it's like, yeah, we're not all going to get along with what we believe 100%. I don't even, I don't even agree with myself sometimes. But what brings us together is Jesus and this prayer he prays for us. And I'm thinking, if Jesus prayed this prayer, would he not give us the strength and the power to actually see it fulfilled? I believe he has. And so I want to break this down. As we commit ourselves to this place, to be the people that can stick together in this prayer. Jesus prayed this. Let's go back. He said, Father, just as you are in me, I am in you. That's so significant because what Jesus is saying here is like, oh, y'all, I hope y'all get along. I hope y'all kind of come together and kind of agree with things. No, no. What Jesus is saying is this. He goes, he's praying, Father, just as we are one, just as the Trinity is one, just as, in, as we come together, that they would be one. You see the significance of that? He's just not saying, oh, just try to get along. He goes, there's a, there's a deep-rooted unity that I desire that's, that we can't downplay. We can't downplay. And you might be a part of a club over here or a team over here and doing that. And I, I don't want to negate your unity and whatever you're doing and what you're a part of. You might have a great work environment. You all work together as a team and you're part of different things. But there's something unique about the body of Christ. Is something unique when we gather in a circle as believers. There's something important when we come together in a, in a gathering like this is that there's a deep unity and the deep bond is Christ. And when our identity, as we talked in the first week, is in Jesus. And when even though we come from different backgrounds and different experiences and our, uh, the diversity we have, which we talked about week two, it, last week we talked about that, you know, to, to, to grow in this unity, that we would come and mat- grow in maturity towards the goal Jesus desires for us is have this deep bond of unity that he created for the purpose of the great commission with him. Jesus said he'd be a part of it. He said, I will be with you always. Jesus says, a friend sticks closer than a brother. Now, what does he pray next? He says, as I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me. He's just saying, they're not going to just do it on their own. We're going to need to be in them. The very spirit of God that's in us, that's the bond. That's the, that's the adhesive. It's Christ himself that intercedes, or that, 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 that bonds us together. So that, as it says, so they may be brought to complete unity. Now you read that, you're going, complete, and like, perfect? Complete seems like 100%. That's really kind of impossible because some of us can kind of dismiss that. I have at times going, well, that sounds great, Jesus, but probably heaven will be that way, but we're not going to be able to do that. No. He wouldn't have prayed that prayer if he didn't think that we would be able to achieve that, experience it through him in us to do it. Why? Because of the outcome that would happen. The very purpose of oneness, that the world will know that you sent me and have, catch this, love them even as you have loved me. Think about this. This love is in such a level that the whole world, the whole world will see 
that love. He's saying the proof of oneness, the proof of Jesus was sent from the Father is that the Father loves us even as he loves Jesus. See, this is so important. This is not something we just wish for. It's something that can happen because Jesus prayed it can happen. If Jesus says it can happen and pray that it can happen, he's calling us to be the fulfillment of that prayer that he'll help us to do that. He wants our unity to impact the world, to bring us together the very purpose that the world will know, that the world will know. And the world will know because of one way. One way. And that is love. A few chapters before, gather around the communion table. In fact, you, you have communion at your chairs in a couple moments here. We're going to open that up, so don't, don't squish it. Uh, it's going to be here in a moment. We're going to have communion. But Jesus, during this communion time, this first communion, he, 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 he called them to this one command. In fact, he said it this way. He says, this John 13, he said, this new command I give you. What does he say? Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. John 13, as I have loved you. By this, everyone, and he says, I've loved you so much to love one another. By this, everyone know you are my disciples if you love one another. Love one another. Love one another. Can I tell you our oneness coming together? It, it will not be our affiliation uh, as we come together. It won't be our, our brand of Christ the King. You know, Christ the King here, Christ the King here. It's like Woods Coffee. They're all over the county. It's great. That's fine. It's not, no, that's not going to bring those out there that would want to be compelled to be a part of this. I'm sorry. That's okay to put it out there and market ourselves. That's not going to do it. It's not going to be. It's not going to be our wonderful social media posts, as much as those are helpful. It, it's not going to be your opinions on your political beliefs. I don't think that's helping too many people. It might help some people that are just like you. That's, but it's not going to be people out there. Your wonderful scriptures that you post. That's great. I like them. Thanks for posting those. But I, I don't. I don't. I, they might help. I don't. I don't know. But what is he saying? That the world will know by our love for one another. At the end of the day, that is it. That they would know that we are his disciples to love. How to love? To love as Jesus loved us. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Gave it all. Jesus gave it all. He, he surrendered and sacrificed it all. What is our call? Well, we don't have to surrender and sacrifice for our own sin, but we're called to lay down our lives in love for one another. What does that look like? I don't know for you, but I know it starts with my preferences. I know it starts with my, my things that I, that I like and like, what I like to do and how my style is and how I approach and my personality and what I, all that is laying that down for the sake of love. And what we've learned about love is this, is that you, you only can give what you have, right? You can only give what you have. And I think for some of us in our lives, we've experienced a lot of rejection, a lot of hurt rather than love. It is hard to love. Let's just face it. It's hard to love. You have people in your life, it's hard to love. And we have to learn that there's a capacity there of, uh, 
the, to love one another. And, and I want to encourage us, you know, if, if you're, you and I are looking for other loves, if we're, we're finding other loves and other things, wherever we go and what we're doing, we're starting to lo- we'll start losing our stickiness. If we're loving the world and what the world offers, it, it doesn't, each time, each stick that's losing a stickiness, and somehow it just doesn't satisfy us any longer. There's no bond, there's no connection, there's nothing to that. There's something, there's something wrong. Well, John tells us in his letter, he says this, he says, it says this, don't love the world or anything in the world. Because when you do that, it affects the bond you have with God. He goes on, he says this, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And I want to say that this morning, not as a judgment to you, if you say, I've not experienced the love of God. I want you to know it's not just a command to to love God, it's actually an invitation to that. Why? Because God is love. God is holy, God is just, God is perfect, and it's only through Christ and his his love for us, demonstrating on the cross for us that we can experience that love. And so God the Father is saying, I have an invitation for you. I, not only do I, do I love you, I am love. And I invite you into this love because that's what's going to fill you. That's what's going to change you. It's supernatural love. To do what? To love one another. Can I tell you, it takes a lot to love each other, okay? If you get to know me a lot, you're going to discover I need, you need a lot of love in you to love me. And I bet if I got to know you and some of you I do know, it, come on, you're, you can be a hard to love, okay? And, and if we don't have that love, we're not going to be able to do that. And, and so it doesn't come just within ourselves. What did Jesus say? I will be with you always. I'll be with you in spirit. And the, co- the goal is this, to, to love. And he says, what's the outcome? Buy this. What is this? By this. Not by how cool our music was today as a church. I love having these guys with us today and love what Chris does and leads us in worship every week. It's not going to be what's going to demonstrate where people are going to want to be part because, because how provocative and funny the pastor is here and, and that's not gonna you know or it's not gonna just kidding about that it, it's not gonna be it, it's not gonna be our, our wonderful air-conditioned multi-million dollar facility that we have here it, you know it's not gonna be the great coffee I heard coffee's coming back uh, this summer is that true oh, okay it's gonna happen here soon uh, as we wholly open up right all those are wonderful but what is it gonna be our love not just for people out there first, our love for one another that will show that. And the way through that, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, Jesus says, if you love one another. What, what would happen? What would happen if we love in such a way? Well, we, we'd be a sticky church. Now, I was feeling sticky today right now. I'm feeling it. It's kind of funny. But, but think about this. I want you to think about this. That the people out there, they would see not just our, our, our attempt to love them, but how we love one another. They, that people have, that have not, nothing to do with Christianity or had, are done with it. They're, they're done. There's the, there's the nuns and there's the duns. There's the nun, I don't have any affiliation, any religious thing, and the duns. They're done with church. They're done with it because they've been judged. They've been, they've been ridiculed. They've been shamed. But when they look upon a group of people and fulfill what Jesus says to love one another and how they would look and say how you care for one another, how you help each other, how you encourage one another and how you're being with each other, would they actually go, could I trust them that they would love me that way? As they love each other, could the way they do it's so genuine, would they, would, they love, would they love me that way? People that 
don't care less about church, people that just want nothing to do with Christianity, would they look at us as followers and they say, wow, man, look how that husband loves his wife. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Look how that, that wife treats her husband and respects her husband. Man, look at their kids. They're, they're not perfect kids, but they're great kids. They're, they're, they're just wonderful. And, and, and they're, because they're great parents, not because they're perfect, but they, my, how they love their kids and how they love their parents. My, how they love the poor and the widow and the orphan. Look how they serve in the community at, at the bridge and com, uh, community assistance program. Man, I'm not sure if I would be a Christian, but you know, if I would, I'd probably talk to one of them. You know what I'm saying? If, if, like if, if push come to shove and life's getting really difficult and I don't know who to turn to, I'd probably turn to them because they don't seem that religious, but there's something that they have that this interests me. There's something about them. I, you know, I, man, if I, I was looking for people to hire, man, I would hire them. I really would. I, I, I tried to hire Christians out there. They weren't really Christian. But I, but I would hire them. Man, I would, I would work for a boss like that. If I knew that, that's who, if, that, if there was an opportunity, I would, I, would, I would work for them. Heck, I would even have that, that person, I'd, I'd let them marry my daughter. I'd let them marry my son. There's something about them. What if we would be that people? Now think about this, what Jesus says, not just loving them that way, but they're looking in into the fishbowl of the church and going, wow, look how they love and care for each other. I really need that. Can I tell you, the world, it's lost its stickiness. It's trying to find all the different things and all the different loves and love the world. You'll never, ever, ever, ever be content in that. But they look at the love, the genuine love that comes from Christ, that supernatural love that comes in us and through us as we love one another. People look in and go, man, if push come to shove, when life gets really difficult, when, when transition happens and crisis takes place, I think those are the people I'm going to turn to. In fact, I, I have emptiness in my life. I, 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 want to, I, want, I want what they want. Could it really be possible? I tell you, let's be the answer to the prayer. Now, if you're watching here and you're new to church and new to Christianity and you're trying to figure things out, we want you to know, I, we hope, we hope we're living this out. We hope that you're watching this or you're here today and you're, you're going, ah, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. But I do know a lot of people here that that are, we consider them followers of Christ, consider yourselves a Christian. Can I just tell you this morning, if you're here and you're part of who we are here, you are no longer a customer. You are no longer a customer here. You are a part of us. And we need loving and caring for one another. Hey, Bobby, can you take a seat, bud? A little distracting. Thanks, man. I appreciate that though. I felt good. Listen, we are about loving each other and doing that. Let's be that. Let's be that today. It starts now. Be that one. I love doing this, and that's and that's not just saying it. Love's not just sentiment, it's practicing. Bible says this, dear dear children, John says, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. This week's spiritual practice is this. Who will you win over with your love? Who will you win over with your love? I want you to think about the people in your life 
people that you work with, the people that you're around, and, and, and they're paying attention to everything that you post, by the way. They're paying attention to everything you like. They're paying attention. Are you, are you, are you, are you, do they know more of your opinions and your perspectives and your worldview, or do they know you by your, by your love for them and your care for them and your, 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 you're reaching out to them? And, and, and yeah, you have to, there's moral grounds and, and you know, you, you don't want to compromise those things and, be, you know, your own integrity is important. But in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in the, in the family, friends that you're with, are you, loving, are you loving them such a way that they're intrigued by that love that they might be, they might be actually even won over by that love. The love that came, not from ourselves, but the love that Jesus demonstrated for us. I'm gonna invite Abby and Shane to come up with us and and we're going to take some time and prepare for for communion this morning it's unity not for unity's sake it's the unity of oneness so one day that the world will be won over that's why we come together the love is jesus love that he proved on the cross for us i invite you right now just to get ready because it's a little bit finger dexterity to open up that little cracker and that juice and go ahead and just have that open and and available in a moment that we're going to partake together if you're online and you're watching right now i just encourage you to just go ahead and 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 find a cracker juice or toast or coffee or something it doesn't matter it's the it's the heart behind us that we're going to do that and i would invite you to contemplate what jesus did and to think about what he did. And if you don't know yet for sure what this is all about, maybe you're online or you're watching, you're here, and you're just like, what does this mean? This little tiny wafer, it actually represents Christ's body that was put to death so that we can have life. This cup represents symbolizing Christ's blood that was where he was brutalized. He, he shed blood on the cross for us for the forgiveness of our sin that we would be whole and that we would be pure in him. But what it really represents, that's the significance, but it it also, think about this, it represents oneness. To bring back in relationship with, with God and one another for us. And Jesus knew the significance. He knew that the mission was so great and so much at stake that he called his disciples together for one last time. And you know, when it's the last time talking to anybody, it's important. And they hung on to every word. And these are the words that Jesus said. He said this, he he held up the bread and he says, this is my body that is going to be put to death, broken for you, eat together in remembrance of me. Let's do that together 2,000 years later. Scripture records a little later in the supper, he held up a cup and the the cup that he held up was the fifth cup in the Passover that represented the cup of suffering. That that Jesus was going to suffer, he was going to be put to death, but that that wine, that juice, it represented his blood that was shed and that was going to forgive. Not anything about just one drop of blood would forgive all of mankind's sin and Jesus blood a lot for us so we could be forgiven. Let's remember him today. Mm. Jesus, may we relish in this moment. Just as we sang earlier, 
that we're coming back to the heart of worship. Lord, we come back to the heart of communion. Lord, sorry that we've made it something else than what it is. Sorry, Lord, that we have made it about a ritual that religious people do. Lord, we come to the simple, profound meaning of oneness that you did on the cross for us to restore our stickiness between you, Lord, and us. Jesus, thank you. This is not just reunion. This is a communion that we have with you today and that, Lord, we can commune with you each and every day of our week that we live for you. And, Lord, as we bond with you and we, we grow in our stickiness and our, and our oneness with you, Lord, may that just translate in our love for you. You said, Jesus, you would pour out your love on us. You said you would love us as you, you, the Father loves you, that you would love us, and then you would supernaturally empower us to love others that way. God, I pray right now for some of us that we go, I just don't have love right now. Lord, maybe they don't have you. May they reach out to you and say, Jesus, you provided that love. God, you are love. And I, I, I don't, I'm not standing judgment or condemnation that I'm not loved any longer. And I don't, I don't deserve that love, Lord. But Lord Jesus, you died on the cross so that I can receive that love. And so Lord, I love you. I receive your love in my life. And I pray that for all of us. Where there's people in our life and difficulties, it's, a tough, it's tough to love. Lord, maybe we're people that are tough to love, Lord. So just saturate us with that love and that, that love would fill us in such a way that we would love one another in such a way that it would be demonstrative. It would be tangible. It would be so obvious to the people out there so that that love of loving one another, that the world will know that you sent you were sent by the Father to them to find you and to find that love. God, oh Lord, may we, may we live that love that others may be won over to you. May that be our purpose ultimately for them. As you loved us, we love one another to love them in to you. Help us, Lord, to do that. Help us to go and live that out to the lost, the hurting, and the broken, Lord. But start with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm